right now on VFN TV. The Lord tells us to love our enemies. Well, Bishop T.D. Jakes gives us a perspective of that. We're going to look back at uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., how he had commitments to be able to walk in that, and Bishop Harry Jackson getting our new identity to be able to really walk this thing out called Love Our Enemies right now on VFN TV. Welcome to VFN TV and the daily VFN radio program where we're keeping the conversation light. That's L-I-G-H-T. said, I have many ministers, and they are speaking on my behalf, but he said, what's missing is the urgency of your voice. These megachurches are really cognizant not to offend people, and they're really careful when they get up and preach to people that everybody leaves out there feeling really good. Preachers refuse to preach on the coming of Jesus Christ. Where's the urgency? I have never seen America in the place where we are right now. If you think that all the persecution is going to remain in Iraq against the Christians, you better think again. It's already coming into this country right now. If we don't tell people what they need to hear, God's going to hold us accountable and their blood will be on our hands. Whenever we preach, we've got to preach with an urgency in our voice that we need to be right with God if anything should happen to us. There's things right now in motion that may change our nation almost overnight. And for me to stand here and act like everything's all right, I can't do that. The politicians in Washington may can do that and lead you to believe that everything's going to be okay. But in the house of God, there's got to arise a siren that says, Blast, 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 attention, attention, attention. Things are changing and they're changing quickly. We've got to have preachers in the pulpit that will say, watch out, warning, warning, red light, warning. People know something's going on in the Middle East. They know something's going on in Iraq, in Iran, in Damascus. They know about Iran. And people that's not even scripturally literate are trying to answer these things and they're missing in a million miles. And God's saying to the preachers, get up and tell them. It's time to talk about what God's doing. People are seeking the Lord. People are seeking Christ. And if they don't find him in the church, where are they going to find him? Got an invitation to come back and the Lord laid on my heart. And that's when Mr. Tuart asked me about, did you have a dream? And I did. When he told me about the coming storm. And as I'm about to go into prayer, I just want to say the Lord out on my heart. I said, I'm not going to share it unless somebody asks me to come. And of course, uh, Commissioner Barry asked me to come. And I said, this is it. I was going to share it. That there's another level about to happen. Riots are coming. Riots in the streets are coming. And if we're not careful, uh, shortly after the next election, the anger will mount so much that we'll end up having martial law declared. Loss of life is taking place. If we stay on this road, it's not going to be pretty. It's not, I mean, it's not going to be just us morphing into some socialist, you know, um, type of uh, country. It's going to be, I think, worse than what was experienced in Nazi Germany in dialogue, trying to understand, because I believe what happened there was a dress rehearsal for what the devil's trying to do in the whole world. 
I think the way the world is going, the way the U.S. is going, I think there's going to come a time, and it's probably going to be sooner than later, when what I do in a public forum is going to be labeled as a hate crime. Some disturbing news from Russia. President Vladimir Putin signed a law outlawing evangelism and cracking down on house churches. The laws forbid evangelism outside of churches and other religious sites. That means people can't even share their faith in their homes or even on the internet. Well, you don't think God could put a tyrant over America? You don't think God could put a tyrant that oppresses the church? What have we been doing? What have we been doing as a church? Our power doesn't come from some self-declared savior promising that he alone can restore order as long as we do things his way. We don't look to be ruled. God is just. You think this last seven years has been tough? This eight years have been tough? That's just Jehoiakim. Zedekiah is right on the, on the precipice of coming to pass in this nation. We're not going to make it through the times that are coming without being his disciples and more without growing up into our purpose. And that so happens that communism is a system that I disagree with philosophically. I would not prefer to live under a communist system. Uh, I happen to feel that the great moments of history have been those moments when individuals have been left free to think and, uh, and to act. Welcome to VFN TV. I'm Greg Lancaster, your host, and joining me just a moment is Steve Kalaszewski. I mean, you look at the days, you look at the, the, the difficulties that are taking place in society, in the streets, and in, in the nations today. I mean, the last thing that you're really hearing and thinking much about is, how can I love people more? But you know, the, the Lord told us that these days would happen, and the expectation of us by Him is for us to love. I mean, he specifically told us. And so we're going to, today's program is going to be, you know, I feel challenged in that area and I really want to be able to grow in that. And I hope that you're going to want to grow in that as well. And we're going to look all the way from, from Bishop T.D. Jakes. We're going to go listen to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., what he had to say. Also, his aunt Naomi, what happened with her and what she revealed to her and Bishop Harry Jackson. But first, let's go look what Jesus had to say. I mean, look, it said it's the scripture we're looking at is where Jesus tells us, you know, that we're supposed to love. He says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbors and hate your enemies. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward is that for you to get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that, but perfect. Be perfect, he says, therefore, as the heavenly Father is perfect. That's Matthew chapter 5, when he's telling us, you know, that we have to love folks, love our enemies, love people that, 
And truly, you know, you think about an enemy, I mean, people like to think about, if you call people, you know, ask people what their en enemy is, they'll have a thousand different things, but it boils down to this. I like what Mike Bickle said an enemy is. An enemy is someone who gets in the way of your schedule, your plans, what you wanted to do today, what you wanted to do tomorrow, what you wanted to do for the next five years of your life, or what you wanted to do with your boss at work and to get, get advanced. What you, I mean, it's just, it just anything that kind of hinders our path. And Jesus is telling us more important than your path is how you respond to people on your path, how we love them. And we're going to talk about that. It's so very, very, very important to be able to talk about that. And I think about, you know, how do you love? Because quite often, you know, we, we just... Most people love people the way they want to be loved, and they call that love, but really all they're doing is loving themselves. They define everything about love how they see love. But the truth is, if we're gonna love someone else, we need to ask them, what makes you feel good? What's, what's, what would make your life better? And I like what T.D. Jakes said, Bishop T.D. Jakes, he's being interviewed here, and he's talking about, you know, let's just get the fundamental basics things right first, and then begin to debate deeper things in love. Let's go now. How do I love my enemy? I think that love begins with the common human experience that we all have. And I think that the loving your enemy gets down to the basic human issues, air, water, lights, food, family, basic human essentials. At least let's love on the level that we exist and then debate on the level that we think. But we have lost all respect and civility. And I think that it comes back to just respecting people because God made them. Yeah. And how can you say you love God who you have not seen right. and hate that that in the reflection that he created? You cannot worship him up there while you resent him right here. So you think about this, you think about, you know, he wants us, God wants us to love our enemies. He says, this is, this is obviously what the Lord did for us. You know, while we were still sinners, Christ died for our sins. God loved us from the foundations of the earth. And what he's saying is, he says, he says, operate like me to love, love your enemies. And if we're holding things back from God, I mean, we're holding things back from people, we're not loving them. You know, being able to provide even those basic needs. And it makes me think about, you know, so what is love? Well, Paul writes about it when he's writing to the church of Corinth. He writes about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's take a look at that. He says, If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but don't have love, I'm only a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have the gifts of prophecy and can phantom all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give all my possessions to the poor, and give my body to, to hardship uh, that I may boast, but I don't have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil and rejoices in the truth, and it always protects it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres, and love never fails. I mean, how powerful is that? This is what God's wanting us to do. So often we're trying to accomplish a task, get something that we think is right, while we're just running people over. And God's going, no, it was more important for you to be delayed in your life, in your plans, and treat that person well. 
And Dr. King, I mean, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., if you look at the conditions of society in America at that time, understanding that God created every one of us in His image and His likeness, but yet there was a people in our country at that time and historically back that were, be treating, or, um, were being treated unjustly just because of the ethnicity of their skin or their life. But think about this. He understood, his daughter said, and we have to remember this as well, that he was a minister, he was a Christian, who had a call, a spiritual call in his life. He wasn't called to civil rights. He was called to be a, a man of God, but his assignment was to civil rights. And Bernice, Bernice King, his own daughter, talks about that over the King Center. Let's go to Bernice now. I tell people all the time that the movement that was led by my father was a spiritual movement. It wasn't a civil rights movement. It impacted civil rights, but it was a spiritual movement and its assignment was to civil rights. Civil Christianity, being a civil Christian in a civil land, that is so important. Things we have to begin to operate and understand and as an American Christian, a Christian American, we have to begin to understand what is what is our rights and what do we walk in. And Dr. King really walked that walked that out. As a matter of fact, when we get back from this break, we're going to actually read to you. There's ten commitments that people had to sign. The people that you see walking with Dr. King, who was part of his group that was walking, they had to sign an, an agreement of ten specific commitments to be able to walk with him. Because how can you walk together unless you agree? When you begin to walk and do what's right, even when you come with a loving heart and you want to do it right. Those who hate people are going to jump in and try to take over that movement. You know, you saw people in Dallas, Texas, when they were walking on the street, protesting some things that were going on in society. Other people came on top of that march and did horrific things, killing police officers in the street. And that was horrific. But it wasn't the, that wasn't what the people were doing on the streets. That's what people did when they took that over. That'll happen every single time if we don't understand the wisdom like God gave Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. to be able to walk in and the Ten Commitments was the wisdom. Join us after the break. This is VFN TV, where we're keeping the conversation light. Follow us online at VFNTV.com. We'll be right back. I want to thank you so much for joining us here on VFN TV and the Data Radio Program. Every single day, we are on the air talking to the world and encouraging you by bringing the light, keeping the conversation light. And we also talk to you in many different ways as well. One way is at the VFN Torch. If you go to vfntv.com and click on the torch, our program that we have for years now with all these pertinent topics of the day plus things that you need to know is right there for you where you can go back and, and educate yourself on a particular matter. You can share things with a friend. You can listen to us and, and in addition in SoundCloud as well. You can share things audibly with other, other listeners out there and other viewers and friends. There's just so much available to you at VFNTV.com. In addition, think about this. It's, we come to you in the air, broadcasting in the air, in your pocket, which is on mobile devices and online. We're all over the world and we want to be able to bring encouragement to you. And we do that one way with our app. 
you can go to uh, your app, Apple App Store, you can go to Google Play Store and or your Windows Store and, and get your app and download it. The, the app is called VFN TV. Of course, you go to VFNTV.com. We have our little uh, area there that you can pick which app you want to be able to download. It's just so exciting to know that no matter where you are, we want to be able to encourage you. I don't know if you knew about this, but also you can sign up for our Torch newsletter. We have a gift for you for doing that. You just go to VFNTV.com in the upper right-hand corner and fill out that little information and immediately a free gift will come to you. One of them is prudent preparation. Hopefully it's going to come to you and teach you how to probably prepare for the day, uh, what's happening in our culture today and how to think outside the box. And this is something we want to be able to give to you, plus some other gifts as well. And I also want to make sure that you have a chance to be able to become a VFN TV partner. We have a whole partners area just to say thank you. It's a it's special areas, special events, green room, things we have available just to give our partners, just to be able to say thank you. Imagine anytime you can log into the partners area. Why? Because you partnered for any dollar figure at all to be able to, to, to just say thank you. Things you can share with your friends as well. Also, we have VFN Kingdom Business Partners, a whole nother area to be able to focus on the seven spheres of culture. Just very encouraging. And finally, I want to encourage you, maybe your business, maybe you want to become a business sponsor. Um, those are the ones that are standing with us, that want to keep the conversation light, that want to impact their community, but also want to be able to share their business, their service, what they provide for their community. You can do that by going to vfntv.com. Thank you so much and thanks for watching. Welcome back to VFN TV with your host, Greg Lancaster. Welcome, welcome back. You know, when you look at history and you look at things happening, you look at a football team, you go, well, that's a great football team. But there's a lot of, a lot of things that went behind that mm -hmm. whole thing called a football game. Rules, regulations, painting the field, coaches, players, practice. practice. <laughs> when you look at the movement that God, you know, uh, just powerfully used Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in, there was a lot behind that, a mm -hmm. lot of details behind that. And there's a lot of different other movements going on at the same time. You know, for example, Malcolm X and what he was doing, mm -hmm. the nation of Islam, you know, uh, what they were doing. And uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in his letter in the Birmingham prison spoke specifically about the nation of Islam. He spoke specifically about the church of this day and what was going on. It's a great letter. You can see that on the VFN Torch. Mm -hmm. We'll have that for you. It'll touch your heart to read it. Yeah. But he had the Ten Commitments. I mean, you know, God has the Ten Commandments, right? And this yeah. is not the Ten Commandments. But it's like, if you're going to walk, yeah, we're going to talk more about this and share some things that have happened, even his own aunt, that saw some pretty mm -hmm. tragic things happen. But when you, when you understand that so many people wanted to, to mess up your message. You, you got to make sure you go on intricate details, making sure people know what your message is. You got to know your message. Yeah. You know, you got to, everybody's got to know the message. How can you, how can two walk together unless they agree? That's right. And what was happening at the time, people were uh, governmental um, uh, officials. Uh, amongst other folks going on in the nation were trying to just mess his message up. They were tapping, they were spying on him, mm -hmm. they were listening to his phone calls, they were doing all these things trying to, 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 to mess the message up. But you know what? They couldn't mess the message up because he had a 10 commitments. He, he understood that he was walking you know, as a servant of God who had an assignment on civil rights like Bernice King. His daughter said she's over the King Center. You can find out more about that on the torch. You can go to it. But he had them sign 10 commitments. And these 10 commitments are very important. I want you to think about these 10 commitments because at civilchristianity.org, you can see it on, on your screen right now, civilchristianity.org, not, not the, the website, but just the address you're looking at on the, on the screen, that um, it's time for us to be involved in a movement now. We need to be involved in mm -hmm. a movement. 
that, of what God wants us to do even now. And let's just look back at those 10 commitments because we kind of took those 10 commitments and just put them up and said, you know what, if they work for Dr. King, you know, they'll work for us. And, and they line up their biblical commitments. As a matter of fact, the very first one you see right here in his 10 commitments that Dr. King had everyone signed if they were going to walk with him. It says, I hereby pledge myself, my person, and my body to these 10 commitments. So understand, they're talking about I pledge myself and my body. I mean, how many people today with today's uh, culture pledge themselves to anything? And so the, you, these, this doesn't have to be a million people, but it has to be a few people who are saying, I'm committed to this. I'm committed to yeah. all this out. And we're looking for those few people. We're looking for them. And we just on our previous program with Dr. James Dobson, or Dr. James Robinson, when he was talking, they're talking about we need to come together and unify. Mm -hmm. The head of the Southern Baptist Convention was talking about with Floyd, Brother Floyd was talking about, you know, we need to unify uh, with Brother Wood over the Assemblies of God. We need to unify. Well, that's just not, it's not a chaos type thing. It's like we got to get committed to this thing. And this is what they said. They said, I hereby pledge myself, my person, and my body to these 10 commitments. I'd want to know what they are if I'm going to pledge my body. It's a, it's a power of agreement. Yeah, and you never know. You never know when you do this because they, every day they walked out. And as we know, in 1968, mm -hmm. it did cost Dr. King his life for making this stand. And it cost many people their life. And we thank God for his life and, and, and what he did, but it didn't just end in 1968 in Memphis, Tennessee. It, his life ended, but the, the, what God was wanting to do for this nation didn't, didn't end. And we need to begin to say, you know, you'll hear today Bishop Harry Jackson talk about, you know, there's gonna be many Dr. Kings rising up in this day of all different races yeah. that have the same kind of commitments that, that they're talking about right here. So these, these are the 10 commitments. The 10 commitments, he says, I hereby, Pledge myself, my person, my body to these 10 commitments. Therefore, I will keep the following. So these are the things they're going to keep. I will meditate daily on the teachings of Jesus, the revolutionary. That's powerful. Isn't that powerful? You know, he, Jesus is, is God. He is the Son of God. He's the King of kings and mm -hmm. Lord of lords. He's not some Sunday school room sheep thing. Right. I mean, he's intense. He's a revolutionary. When he walked the streets, everything shook. He moved in love, but he's revolutionary. That's why we have I Abide right there, as you can see, because we have a plan for you to be able to do that at iabide.org, so part of that commitment. You can actually sign this commitment today and say, you know, I want to be a part of that. I mean, look at the second commitment. The second commitment they had to be able to say they pledged themselves to is, remember always that the nonviolent movement seeks justice and reconciliation, not victory. That's so important because this is not, you hear, you hear people say, and with the greatest intentions, they talk about people like their side and my mm -hmm. side, us and them, right and left, uh, dividing even from racial uh, barriers. It's like, why, it's just the kingdom of God wa walking as a new nation in Christ Jesus, walking under, uh, following our Lord and our mm -hmm. Savior Jesus Christ. And so we understand that it's not about having victory over anybody. We want everybody actually to win. God's, in the on end. His, God's on his own side. Yeah, he's not on our sides. side. He's on his own side. Yeah. Uh, look at the third commitment. The third commitment you had to sign to be able to walk with Dr. King, and we uh, have for walking in civil Christianity, is walk and talk in a manner of love for God is love. We just talked about that. Right? Love is patient. Love mm -hmm. is kind. Love is gentle. And it doesn't matter what accomplishments or how much you talk, he said. It's like a gong. It's like just throw, you can throw your, body, yeah. throw your body to the flames. It just doesn't matter if you don't love. And there's a lot of people who rather be religious than love. I read my Bible. It's like, yeah, I know, but you're killing me. You know, just, just love. 
You know, put it down. Just waiting for love. Put it down and love on someone. And so to be able to walk, you had to be able, and you still have to be able to walk mm-hmm. in civil Christianity. This is what we're doing too. Mm-hmm. There has to be people that says, you know, I commit to that. And uh, the next is number four. He said, pray daily to be used by God in order that all men might be free. Do you even do you think about other people's freedom, or you're thinking about, you know, I want a better life. You know, I want more money. I want this. And this whole walk was about, you know, everybody counts. Everybody's important. We want justice for everybody. That's a powerful thing. Look at the fifth one. The fifth commitment that they, you, had, you had to sign, you have to sign even with civil Christianity, is sacrifice personal wishes in order that all men might be free. Sacrificing personal, personal wishes? Listen, there are people out there, maybe that person's you. You could think, maybe you're thinking in your mind right now, I don't know if there's anybody who can do this. But if you're feeling that way, maybe you're the person. Mm-hmm. It's not about numbers, it's about agreement. So yeah. much division and discord has been, been sown that just unifying and coming together in Christ and walking in unity, being committed to the love walk, you know, and, and equality, justice for each person, it's, 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 it's an awesome thing. Look at the six. The six they had to sign was um, observe with both friend and adversary the ordinary rules of courtesy. Be nice to people. Be Amazing. nice. Be nice. Yeah. I mean, you could walk, I mean, you have a thousand people like this walking down the street, and this is who you are. They're going to be, it's going to be a blessing. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a bad thing you're coming. There's one particular, well, we'll go over this. No, I'm going to tell you. So this particular atheist is arguing with this uh, uh, professor of philosophy, and he's going like, he, he doesn't believe in, God and Christianity, and he says, well, let me tell you this. Here's the story. He argued for a long time, and he says, it's two o'clock in the morning. Your car broke down. You're in the middle of this nowhere woods, and all of a sudden, you start hearing, you know, five huge men looking really, really strong, big, huge, strong men making noise, starting to come out of the woods, coming towards you, and you have nobody to call. You have no cell phone. You have... uh, just you and them. Tell me, th- tell me this and be honest with me. If those five men were coming out of a Bible study, would you feel better about it? And the atheist says, yes, I'd feel much better about it. He said, I rest my case. People who, Christians who walk under these Christian principles, that they're great for society. Mm-hmm. It makes a great culture. As a matter of fact, even China came to borrow our morals and our values, some of them, but they didn't want God. When they did, they came in and, and explored wow. us and what we're doing. And so then you look at the eighth. Um, did we miss the eighth or the seventh? Uh, yeah, we skipped seven. The seven is the seventh principle that you had to sign was seek to perform regular services for others and for the world. So we had to be a servant for folks. Mm-hmm. We had to serve folks. What can I do for you? Can I help you? Number eight was refrain from violence of fist, tongue, and heart, and Facebook and tweeting, mm-hmm. all the terrible things are being said in the name of God. So literally, we refrain from that. We don't do that. We don't, we don't um, retweet, mm-hmm. hate, you know, all these different things people do. Uh, number nine is strive to be a good spiritual and bodily, be of good spiritual and bodily help. And number 10 is discipline yourself to follow the spirit of the movement. And so you're literally, it's, you're involved, ingrained in the movement. You're just hearing the spirit of God mm-hmm. and you're walking as one. And then you say, I sign this pledge having seriously considered what I do and with the determination and will to 
preserve. Is that not powerful? That's how they did it. And you can do it now. You can go to civilchristianity.org. As a matter of fact, you can see the site right now. You're looking at the page where you, you go there and just click on say, you know, I want to be able to, to sign these Ten Commitments because I want to walk this next season out with people that I'm in agreement with. You don't want some, all of a sudden you're walking out and some, you're like, imagine you've got a hundred of you folks walking, maybe for a political meeting, maybe for something's going on, some, some trouble in the community, and one guy that didn't sign the commitment jumps up and starts waving some crazy flag, and you go like, oh my goodness. Well, media will capture that flag, and they'll say your whole group was with that flag. And it's a lie. It's not true. But then you're actually branded at that particular point. That's why we got to know who we labor with, mm-hmm. who, who we walk with. And it's not about perfection, but it's like, do we agree? And these, do- these ten commitments from Dr. King, we think they're very wise. And as you hear from Bishop Perry Jackson a little bit, he says this is exactly kind of where we're going. But uh, first, let's go to this break. I got this this offer for you. We're going to come back and hear from Naomi. Naomi King, she's the aunt of Dr. Martin Luther King and understanding about how to walk in love. He did what he expected Mm -hmm. from others. After this break, take a look at this offer. Today's offer is offer 2015, The Anointing Breaks the Yoke. Did you know the alignment in your heart and life guarantee the anointing in your life? In this message, you'll discover how to maintain the anointing that keeps the yokes of oppression off your life, or even can break the yoke of oppression off your life. Jesus came to set us free. Get this free offer today for your gift of any amount whatsoever. It's offer 2015. You can partner with us to get this offer by going to vfntv.com, or you can write to us at vfntv, 6500 North Pensacola Boulevard, Pensacola, Florida, 32505, or call us toll-free at 844 404- 408-3688. It's offered 2015. The anointing breaks the yoke. The Lord came to set you free. This is VFN TV, where we're keeping the conversation light. Follow us online at VFNTV.com. We'll be right back. had a garage sale with the kids got all the stuff together put up the flyers they did the work joanne craft on this focus on the family minute sharing how their family prepared financially for a vacation and you know you'd be amazed at how many adults they want to see kids doing that and how many just bless the kids the kids made i think it was 265 dollars something around there where they each had like 60 dollars wow, that's a great for idea. disneyland huh. so when we went to disneyland anything over and above the tickets and basically they're needs their meals you know they had to pitch in and we went to breakfast and orange juice was like two dollars more than the already paid for meal well we didn't pay that extra two dollars we could have paid that extra two dollars but we said hey you have your money from the garage sale well guess who didn't want the orange juice hard work might just help your children understand the value of money more insights from joanne craft today at familyminute.org we want to welcome our Christian Television Network uh, audience and our viewers. That's on, don't forget we're on the Gulf Coast every single day. Uh, from Destin, the beautiful sandy beaches of Destin, Florida, all the way to the beautiful uh, historical parts of Mississippi. Uh, over 1.4 million uh, footprint out there. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Just the Gulf Coast, Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. So we want to be able to be there with you each day, bring in some light to this interesting times and we're getting some great feedback from you. And we so love to hear from you. Uh, remember 
um, our Facebook and you can communicate to us. We'd love to receive uh, messages from you and letters, actually positive messages. Yeah. <laughs> Anything <laughs> negative, just send it to Pat. He's good. He can handle all that kind of stuff. If you, if you don't have a, a plan to abide with the Lord, we have one for you mm-hmm. because it'll just begin to just vi- revitalize your prayer life. And uh, you'll find that not only are you pr- talking to God, but you're, you're dialoguing with the Lord and, and having this uh, documented conversation. We have a plan for you. It's at iabide.org. It's a free plan. You can request it today. And it's amazing how um, your life will, you'll just have peace in your life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's just amazing when we do what God says and operate in the context of how he says do things. It's not as complicated as religions made it out to be. And uh, children are abiding with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I know as adults, we should be able to, to do that. Welcome back to VFN TV with your host, Greg Lancaster. So you're looking at, think about this. We're talking about walking in love. And of course, Dr. King, uh, Bishop mm-hmm. T.D. Jakes talked about, let's just get the, 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 you know, the, the air, things. water. Yeah. And how many times? How many times do we don't think about that verse? And it's like, let's just get everybody fed, let's get everybody in a place to live. Mm-hmm. I mean, until that happens, you know, we're not in that particular. We're missing it. We're missing it. Yeah. And so I think about this. You know, love is a weapon. I mean, think about it. Love is a weapon. Uh, you know, Dr. King talks about let no man pull you down solo as to hate him, and to use Christian principles. And that's what we're, we're focused on. With VFN, with mm-hmm. civil Christianity, and the VFN Kingdom business. As a matter of fact, let's listen to what Dr. King had to say about these very things. May I say just a word to those of you who are struggling against this evil? Let me say to you to always struggle against it with Christian methods and with Christian weapons. Never succumb to the temptation of becoming bitter. Never succumb to the temptation of indulging in hate campaigns. You must, at all moments, move with wise restraint and calm reasonableness. Keep pressing on, but press on with discipline and dignity, and use only the weapon of love, and let no man pull you so low as to hate him. Let no man pull you so low as to hate him. You think about this. I mean, how did he? Yes, he walked in these principles. As a matter of fact, his aunt, aunt Na, his aunt Naomi, right, Naomi. King, mm-hmm. she was in the house one day when he came back from being uh, treated horrifically by the local police. And anybody of this day or that day would be just angry as can be. But his response, she said, that, that his response to what happened to him that day, that she knew this is a man that God was going to use. Why? Mm-hmm. Because he chose love over revenge. Let's listen to her now. Dr. King um, was the father of uh, four children. And his firstborn was Yolanda Denise King, who's deceased now. And uh, I was so happy uh, when Yolanda was born on my birthday, which is November 17, 1931. And Yolanda was uh, November 17, 1955. So I was just so happy that she was on my birthday. I went to uh, Montgomery, Alabama, where they were living, you know, at the time, just to see her and to welcome her, you know, into the family and to show some love to Yolanda. 
it was one night about 10 30 11 o'clock in the in the uh, evening and i was seated in the darkened living room of their home while uh, coretta was in the back attending to yolanda and so uh ml as we call him at that time came in and when he came in uh, i was glad he couldn't see my face because i was sitting in the darker living room and the only light that shone into the room was from the street light that was coming in through the window so when he came in uh he went straight to uh his mantle and my nickname at that time was Nini, and that's all that they ever, he ever called me was Nini. So he went straight to the mantle, and he put his hand up on the mantle, and he had his back uh, somewhat towards me, and I was glad he couldn't see my face. So he said, you know what, Nini? I said, no, ML, what? He said, I was detained at the police station, and at that time, uh, his shirt collar was uh, open and he was tugging at his throat with his finger doing his shirt collar like this. He said, I was detained at the police station. And you know what, Nina? I said, no, ML, what? He said, they tried to choke me to death with my own tie. And when he said that, tears came in my eyes. I said, what? He said, they tried to choke me to death with my own time. And I said, at that point, I said, oh, ML, I said, I'm just, I just, I'm speechless. I just don't know. I, I just don't want to say that. He said, but you know what? He said, uh, the more that they mistreat us and the more they mis uh, abuse us, actually, he said, that's the more that we've got to love them and forgive them because hatred is very much alive and we've got to love them and I said oh oh yeah and at that point I just couldn't control it um, the tears just fell out of my, my, from my face and that was when I knew uh, in my heart of hearts that he was uh, destined to uh, be the leader that he became because of his commitment and his love for God and his love for people that is when I knew he was truly ready for the game, for the, for the life that he would live. So you're looking at the sister-in-law of Dr. King and she knew that was the moment. What was the moment? The moment that he moved in love. I mean, you think about the words of Dr. King, what he said over and over again, and he says it, you can see it right here on, on the screen. Uh, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can yeah. do that. And Hatred cannot drive out hatred. Only love can do that. I mean, she saw that firsthand. She saw that taking place. And she realized this man's called of God. And, and so often we think, well, I'm, I'm waiting for the controversy to stop and then I'll love. But right now it's just chaotic. Mm. You know, it wasn't that way. As a matter of fact, listen to Bishop T.D. Jason. He's talking about those that walk with Dr. King. And he was thinking that, you know, the mayor, uh, uh, Mayor Young, as he was talking to Mayor Andrew Young, former mayor of Atlanta, who walked with Dr. King, he's thinking that there was some sort of order there. He's looking for some sympathy and he goes, oh, as a matter of fact, listen to Bishop T.D. Jakes tell us what um, Andrew Young, uh, uh, former mayor Andrew Young had to say about the days of walking with Dr. King, what it was really like. Listen up. I was talking to uh, 
Andy Young, and you know who he is and what a trailblazer he's been in, in this nation, not only working in our government, working in the civil rights movement, and just seeing so many things happen, and we were having a conversation. And I was talking about the complexities of the time that, that we're in right now, the controversy that goes along with it, and the, the criticisms that you have to deal with, and, 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 and all of that. And I said, you know, it's just, just terribly perplexing times now to be a leader and to be out front. He said, oh, he said, that's not anything new. I was looking for a little sympathy hookup, you know. He said, I was with Dr. King. He said, they were fighting him on every side. He was put out of his denomination. I'm not talking about, you hear about the FBI side and, and all of that, but you don't hear because those who are preaching and saying they are the next Dr. Kings were the very ones who put him out. He said they were fighting him internally, they were fighting him externally, they were bugging his house, they were fighting him on every side, not to mention your own personal problems. And he said, yeah, some kind of way, Bishop, he said, we managed to make progress. He said, I don't know how we did it. He said, there was always murmuring and complaining and bickering and we didn't know from day to day what was gonna happen. We didn't agree amongst ourselves while we were marching. Sometimes we were debating issues, but some kind of way, we made progress until eventually we began to understand that we could not wait for the controversy to stop, for the movement to go forward. So just, you know, the, the, you have this fantasy the way things are. The reality is that the only way you can make it through something like that is love. You have to authentically mm -hmm. love. You can't fake it. I mean, you have to be willing to die for it. And he did. And the country did move forward. Not all the way forward, but it moved forward because of his sacrifice and those that, that walked with him. And he says the very people that are saying that they're, they're the next Dr. King were the very ones that were persecuting him. And I wish that you would take the time to go and read the Birmingham letter. Just read it. It will bless your heart. He's, reading, he's writing this letter from his own experiences. He don't have a catalog of different books, a shelf of different books and Bibles. and He has his, what he's experienced in his own life. It was just pouring out on the paper. Mm -hmm. And it really applies to today about where the church is. A British a leader... Uh, and the church just came to America recently in a, in a, a particular um, conference that was taking place in California, and they, he, they brought up Dr. King as the example, and they, they didn't know Dr. King as well being from Great Britain, but the people said, yeah, we know Dr. King, but the truth was, are we operating in those same kind of principles? And so I think about this. I think about, you know, Pastor Will Ford. He had a dream, and this dream, Dr. King was talking to him and helping him address what do you do with the history of America? Because they can't deny the history of America. We need to actually merge our history and make one history. You should not have to take a certain kind of class to be able to understand about mm -hmm. America. It should be all in one book. It should be all in one iPod or whatever, iPad. But you think about this, that you still have to deal with that luggage if we, if we never dealt with it. And so God speaks to Pastor Will Ford about what to do with the, the luggage of race in this nation this Christian pastor, listen to what he says. So thankful that you're here today. My name is Will Ford. There's another key date to April 9th that I want you to know about, and it's connected to Dr. Martin Luther King. He was killed on April the 4th, but his funeral was on April the 9th, 1968. The way I, I came into this was all through a dream that I had with Dr. King in it. In the dream, a dream that Lou and I are on our way to the very church where we're having a service, 
there in Montgomery, Alabama, Dexter Avenue Baptist. But we can't get there until we first go and pick up Dr. King. One day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream. In the dream, we go to this house, which looks a lot like this. It wasn't this very house, but it looked kind of like it. And once we get there, Dr. King comes out of this house and has this white duffel bag with black candles. And in the dream, he starts emptying all this dark garbage out of the duffel bag. And then he throws the bag down violently and comes to get in his vehicle. In the dream, I go to pick up the bag. But before I could even touch it, Dr. King grabbed him by my shoulders. And he says, no, do not go back and pick that up. And then he told me what I need to do to heal the race issue in the nation and to bring reconciliation. I don't even remember that part of what he said in the dream. I just remember weeping intensely in the dream. And I woke up, tears streaming down my face from the dream. It was so very real, so very impactful. I shared the dream with Lou. He began to weep, and we didn't even know what the interpretation was. So we began praying, asking God, Lord, what does this mean? And the Lord gave me an interpretation. He said, William, it's the white bag, and it's the black handles. This is how your generation of blacks, African-Americans, have handled your white baggage. You've been carrying it for way too long. Let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred. The Lord is saying, get rid of your bitterness. Get rid of your resentment. Get rid of your unforgiveness. Get rid of your guilt manipulation. Get rid of your white baggage so we can all get into this new vehicle that's going to bring revival and justice for everybody. So the question before all of us today is this in the church, what color is your baggage? Whatever it is, get rid of it. But I pray today, let there be another great surrender all over America. I pray, Lord, this will be the year that people will give up, Lord, their resentment. They will give up all of their bitterness. They will give up their pain, their bondage, Lord, with every system that has failed them, every person who has failed the Lord, whether it's racist or whatever it is, God. I pray that re repentance and reconciliation Sweep the nation today, God, in the name of Jesus. Start first in the church, Lord. Start first, Lord, where we are right now. There's no excuse, Lord, that we're the, we're the most divided on Sunday morning. And any other day, Lord, something's got to change, God. Help us to find each other at the foot of the cross. Let there be another great surrender that happens even this day in the name of Jesus. That's pretty awesome. Wow. I mean, what a dream. This is right before Azusa 2.0 that we talked about on our program was pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. you know, Azusa, now. Azusa now and Anaheim, Anaheim, yeah, Azusa now and Anaheim mm -hmm. Stadium, I believe it is. And it was just, a, God was saying, listen, and the only way that is anything in God's gonna work is that we understand that God is love and we're gonna have to move in love. Love is not an idea. Love is who we're supposed to be, what we're supposed yeah. to do. It's the why we do what we do. And you know, they say, you know, if you wanna be, if you wanna never have to work again, you find out what you love to do and do that. And when you do it with all your heart, you'll never have to work again because you love every day that you're, you're doing what you're doing. And it's amazing that that, that principle is true. Well, the whole thing is if you don't love your brother, you know, the Word of God says, if you say you love God, but you don't love your brother, which is another believer in Jesus Christ, he said, you don't even know God. He says that you're a liar. And we heard a lot of things that have been taught that says you can actually hate someone and have the secret relationship with God. Not true. You find out that at the throne room of God, it's not true. Because every one of us is creating the image and the likeness of God. Every one of us. And so we're supposed to go to the nations. He said, though, in the last days. As a matter of fact, Bishop Harry Jackson talks about this. You know, Jesus says it in Matthew 24. He said, one of the signs of the times that nation will rise against nation. 
Well, that word nation, that's where we get the word ethnos. Uh, it's actually a Greek word, ethnos, but we, we get the word ethnic group from. So ethnic group will rise against, raise, fight against ethnic group. But if you're a Christian, you're not supposed to be doing that. You're the one walking like Dr. King in the midst of all that hatred, and you're loving folks. You're walking in those Ten Commitments. But listen, this is, this is Bishop Harry Jackson. He's talking specifically about this uh, on the program. He's talking about, we've got to get a new identity. And that's exactly what the mm -hmm. Lord was telling Pastor Will Ford you know, when, in the dream when Dr. King was appearing to him in that dream, just speaking to him. Let's go there now. Harry, how do you feel about what you're watching right now, the tension between the races? Because I know it breaks your heart because I know you love all people. And you know that in, in the Father, in Christ, we're all one family and we can put this nonsense aside in Christ. Well, it concerns me. I weep over it. You and I have talked about this on many occasions. But I want to give a word of encouragement to my white, Hispanic, Asian brothers here. So often when blacks talk about the race issue, there's guilt projection, there's all kinds of things that we bring into the equation. But the reality is Jesus prophesied about these days. And he said in the last days, nation will rise up against nation. In the Greek, that's ethnic group against ethnic group. So there's something about the fallen nature of the world. Then Genesis 11, we found that there had to be, God had to break up the cultures, confuse our language, and separate us so that we wouldn't in human strength cry, try to create a false unity. And, uh, but in Acts 17, it says that God has set the boundaries of the nations as it's pleased him so that the residue of men might seek after the Lord. In other words, God's got a plan for every nation to be reached. I say that in this divided society, James, nobody can fix America but the church. Because on the day of Pentecost, when those folks spoke in tongues and they reversed the curse that had been set in Genesis 11, and God was showing us that the capacity for there to be oneness is in Christianity and believing in Him. And so I want to summarize this, but I want to give it as a word of encouragement. In Christ, Paul said there's neither Jew nor Greek, male or female. He was saying, we come to a higher level of unity and we become a new race. I believe that God is looking to raise up Martin Luther King Jr.'s with his mantle to heal the racial problem, but they're not going to just be black people. I believe in this generation, they're going to be whites, they're going to be Hispanics, that God puts his hands on. And because they're Christians, they're going to live in a way that Bishop Jackson talked about, that they see, and Robbie talked about, that they see Christianity as their primary identifier. But, but, but listen to this. But they're anointed to release the healing unity of Christ. In other words, there's something that God has done to set us up for the nation to see Jesus. If we'll just come together, we'll believe that we're anointed in this age. And I believe that we're going to have to win people disciple communities in order to see it. And if we'll preach the gospel and then make sure that our government, James, does not cause government to be seen as God, socialistic oriented government 
ensnares, it traps, it makes people dependent. But biblically based worldview will cause people to be freed, released into a liberty where they can find their destiny. That is so important to get a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that on a previous program, and um, Bishop Harry Jackson just nailed it. He's talking about today. This is not. This is like a now word for us, and we have that for you. It's at civilchristianity.org where we are walking in the context of of saying, you know what, we need to walk this out. Mm-hmm. We need to sign those same ten commitments, and we need to know that the person standing beside us, sitting beside us, gathering with us, Plays committed the same. They committed to the same thing. Just yeah. because somebody says they're a Christian. Nowadays does not mean the same thing. But if, and, and they very well could be a Christian with different viewpoints. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that But the ones that you want to walk together with are the ones that walk with these 10 commitments. They're biblical principles, a biblical mm-hmm. worldview. And you can go to, to civilchristianity.org, civilchristianity.org, and, and sign that pledge now and join with us. You can see that right there on your screen. And uh, it's just the same 10 commitments that we read off and the ones that Dr. King talked about that you hear Bishop Harry Jackson's Jackson's talking about that there will be many Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s raised up. And what will be their unique factor? Not their ethnicity, not their skin race, but it will be uh, that they're Christians. They're walking in a biblical worldview. They're walking in love. Yeah. And it's going to take quite a few. I mean, this is, a, this is 7 billion people on the face of the earth. Everybody has a form of communication, which is great, because there was in that day, when Dr. King was mm-hmm. walking, there's just a few people to own the, the newspapers and the cameras and the, the people who did run those cameras and run those uh, newspapers were not for Dr. King. A lot of them weren't, most of them weren't. But he stood and love did win in the end. And so truly this whole program today is about, you know, love wins. For God so loved the world that he gave his son that whoever believes in him will not perish but they shall have eternal life. It's about love winning. Jesus so loved the Father and He loves you that He laid down His life for you and me on the cross. He died for our sins. So that if we make Jesus Christ the Lord of our life, which I have, Steve has, and maybe you have it, but you can, then you will be forgiven of your sins and you can walk in unity with God and the Son, Jesus Christ. But not only that, that, that now, you know, He said, imitate me. Yeah. Be my disciple. In other words, walk like I walked. How did he walk? He walked in love. I mean, he's definitely a revolutionary. I mean, everything turned around, but it turned around because people who walked in hate didn't like the fact that love was walking down the street. I mean, just like uh, Mayor Andrew Young told Bishop T.D. Jakes, he said, you know, turbulence is going to happen. You know, it, it all calamity and things are happening, but it doesn't mean you can't move forward. You're going to still move. If you're moving in love, God's moving with you. It's not our principles that are going to work out. It's God's principles that are going to work out. He will accomplish His will. You know, people are going to accuse you of all kinds of things, but you could be there that day, leaning against the fireplace like he was when his, his sister-in-law, Naomi, is in the room, kind of in the shadows, and he's loosening his tie. Why? Because the authorities of that day took his own tie and almost choked him to death by his own tie. I mean, we can look back in history now and think, oh my goodness, how could that ever happen? But there was a lot of that going on in that day. And people actually bought into that kind of evil, which means what? It means that same persecution that we're seeing happen across the land against Christians today of all different races, that that, that, that can happen right there in your own community. It can happen in your own city, your own state, your own nation. What does that mean? That means we still have to walk like Jesus walked. Mm-hmm. We still have to walk like Dr. King walked. And so the thing about this is that 
we need to start building our fields now. We need to start preparing our fields now. We need to start thinking, well, I want to know more about Jesus. I want to be his disciple. Yeah. I, want to, I want to be a disciple. I want to know his teachings. I want to follow his teachings. Well, we have that for you. It's called Emmaus Road. You can get on it today. Go to vinefellowshipnetwork.org. I want to begin to, if I'm going to die for Jesus or get a stone for Jesus or be I want to know what he teaches losing my job for Jesus, I want to yeah. know him. Yeah. I want to abide with him. We have an abiding plan for, for you right now. As a matter of fact, before you can even walk uh, in the, in, with Dr. King, you had to sign the Ten Commitments, and one of those words, you had to abide with God. The same thing with civil Christianity. You can go to iabide.org and get that plan today. I want to pray for you. This is exciting days. Great things are happening. We're learning from those that have gone before us to walk as they walked, and God will be there for us. Father God, I love you. I thank you for those that have gone before us. I thank you for Bishop Jakes. I thank you for Mary Andrew Young. I thank you, Lord God, for... Uh, uh, Bishop Harry Jackson. I thank you, Lord God, for Naomi King. God, and Lord, uh, we just thank you for the wisdom yes. that we have of those that have gone before us, Father God, and the life and the light that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was and still is, and even through Bernice King and the King Center today, God. Lord, I pray, Lord, for each and every one that's watching, Lord, that we would step out of ourselves, begin to understand we are living in this day and age, and we can walk as you walked, when we walk in you, walk in agreement, Lord God. I pray for each and every one right now, Lord, that you would stir their hearts and say, you know what? I want to quit screaming at the darkness and be an answer. I'm going to be light in these days. In Jesus' name, dear God, we ask you, Lord, end abortion. Send revival. Send a third grade awakening, we pray. Send a third grade awakening, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. We want to give a special thanks to all of our sponsors and partners. Visit VFNTV.com and visit our sponsors for all of their contact information, phone numbers, web addresses, emails. Call them today. I'm your host, Greg Lancaster, and we're so glad that you joined us. Don't forget you can join us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Download our app and sign up for our newsletter, The Torch, at VFNTV.com. I've enjoyed our time together. God bless. We have a great way for you, our VFN Radio listeners, to connect with us beyond the program. So many of our VFN Radio listeners want more. Well, we have more for you. You can go to VFNTV.com and select VFN Torch. When you see the VFN Torch, you'll be able to get our highlights where we take the program beyond just what you hear on the radio. You'll see videos, you'll have pictures, and so much more. Not only will you be able to listen to these and watch more content, but you have the ability to email them to your friends, to your family, and spread the word. Let me tell you something. Take VFN Radio to the next level. Get more by going to vfntv.com and select the VFN Torch now.